0: What you need is the word of God to keep you, to sustain you. So pray, and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, send your word to me this evening. Send it to me this evening. Like he sent the word to Israel through Zephaniah, encouraging word. Say, Lord, encourage me with your word this evening. Send your word to me. My ears are open. Send it to me. Yes, Father, we give you praise. We thank you. Blessed be your name forever. Thank you once again. Thank you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. The Lord is good. All the yeah, God bless you. Let's quickly take our Declaration of Understanding and then we will sit down and continue our school of prayer for today. Are we ready? Let's be quick about it. We're a few minutes behind. I want to let's go. And revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart, it is giving me light and direction, it is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. All right, let's open our Bibles quickly. I just wanted to take a text of scripture today, the same one we've been taking for some time. Let's read from the book of Psalms, Psalm 51. Psalm number 51. David said, Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, I have sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified when you speak, and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Let me just read a few more verses. He said, Creating me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Uh, now bear this in mind. Let me just quickly go to the book of Hebrews, chapter there are two of them I want to read. Let me see which one I read first. Chapter. I want us to read chapter four. But let's read I think we should read five first. In verse five, it says sorry, in chapter five, verse seven. He said, in the days of his flesh, he, that is Jesus, offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because he feared. I just used King James to complete that. He said, although he was his son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation being designated by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, there's a long story behind this. We don't have time for that much now. I just want to highlight a few things here and there in line with what we are teaching right now on prayer basics. In chapter 4, verse 14, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Now, this confession here, He's talking about our confession of our faith, what we believe. He said, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. The reason why people lose their confession of faith is because of their weaknesses. He said, but we have a high priest who has been tempted in all things as we are being tempted. But he was without sin. Now because of that, verse 16, therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And that's exactly what Jesus did, which we read in that chapter 5 a few moments before now. Now just read this again as our text of scripture today. We are looking at prayer basics and we are looking at, at different things. We've been on this for some time. And that's because it's a very important fundamental principle of Christianity. The issue of prayer. The life of the Christian is a life of prayer. Let's bear that in mind. Men ought how often to pray? Always. Always. And we said if you are not praying, it's a sign you are trusting in your energy. If you are not praying, it's a sign you are trusting in yourself. If you are not praying, it's a sign that your confidence is not totally in God. Let's bear that in mind. And so last time, that's, of course, for... We are following series. Last week, we took time to pray for the country because it was the day after inauguration, so of the new um, government. So, but in the series, we are jumping that day. We will now go back to what we were doing earlier. You understand? So, last time we were speaking about the importance of confession of sin. Now, let me just remind us: the word confession in scriptures, uh, in the scriptures, have different meanings. Basically, two meanings. Both of them fundamentally mean the same thing. That is to say, to say what is true. To affirm that which is accurate. That's just what confession mean, means. That if you say something that is in agreement with fact, you say that is confession. Now, there are two sets of facts there. There's a the reality of our faith, which we confess. For example, that Jesus all right, came in the flesh, and then as the Son of God, and then he went to the cross, and he died on the cross for our sins. So when we say that, the Bible says that with, uh, with a mar- heart, man believes, resulting in righteousness, and then we confess. Resulting in what? Salvation. But it's another kind of confession which is designed to expel things out of your life. It's another kind of confession. If you go and read Jeremiah chapter 3, God said to them, only confess your iniquity. In in Hebrew, it says only acknowledge your iniquity. That is, if you say that this is wrong and I did it, you've spoken in agreement with some facts. But in this particular situation, What you are doing is releasing that negative thing out of your life. That is what it is. And you see, that's one form of prayer that Christians often overlook. And then, again, sometimes we don't really understand the importance of it. That is why. I've heard teachings in recent times. I didn't sit down to, I don't really have time for such nonsense, okay? But people have reported it to me. People say you're not supposed to confess sin. You're supposed to confess Christ. Have you heard that before? You're not supposed to confess sin, you're supposed to confess Christ. All right? Now, it's not true. It's absolute nonsense. Both of them are accurate, depending on what you are dealing with at a particular point in time. Confessing Christ is important. But if sin is there, you have to confess sin out of your life. There is no other way to get rid of sin apart from confession. Now, let me say something about confession. Confession is not an emotional thing, it's not about crying. Real Look, real Christian confession is just to accept that something is wrong and you are guilty. That is all. I hope you're getting my point. See, if you start giving excuses, you have weakened the power of that confession. (laughs) It was because he was the one that started to know me. I was the one that was going on my own. See, you can say that to the police. You can say that to the judge. To God, you don't say that. If what you did is wrong, One of the things you must avoid as a believer is to start giving excuses in such a manner as to justify your actions. As if you want to say, I'm not as bad as I look. It's just because I was provoked. Do you get my point? Now, when you do that, you have absolutely weakened the power. You have absolutely weakened the power. Now, this is it. Let me give an example now. If you are going on the road, and somebody pushed you, and then you beat him silly. Are you getting my point? Because they are very strong. Now, who started it? The, fellow, the other fellow, all right? Now, you, you, you were totally not at fault, all right? Humanly speaking. But Jesus said, but I told you, turn the other cheek. Are you getting my point? So when you finish, giving him all the excuses. All he's looking at you is that, so where's the other cheek? I just told then he just slapped me. He pushed me this way, and he wanted to. When you finished, Jesus said, so where's the other cheek? Did you turn the other cheek? You did not. So, all the stories you are telling, he, had already put, see, he has put something in place where you cannot be justified before him. Now, I will get further into this in a moment. You know, one reason why people do things like that? They don't know how merciful God is. I don't know whether I get my point. And I say, Are you not contradicting yourself? No, I'm not. People think they have to justify themselves in his presence so they can go scot free. When you do that, it's when you get into judgment. If you just come and say, Lord, I fought on the road and I beat somebody silly. Do I explain to him why you did it? It's not relevant. Just say, I am sorry. I am not supposed to do that. I will not do it again by your grace. That's all. But because I say, Lord, I want to tell you something. I've been trying to maintain my peace and Didn't look for a very, very long time. <laughs> They'll just be provoking you anyhow. They'll just be provoking you anyhow. See what happened today. I oh. <laughs> said with the whole story that it's not my fault. Once you start with it's not my fault, the power to change is denied you. you. hear what I said. Once you come, see, you know one problem Adam had? They said, Did you eat of that tree? Ah, I wasn't planning to eat. Ah, how can I eat? You, I remember the things you told us now. You said, don't even touch. I was very, very... But the woman you gave to me. So half of the blame, no, one third of the blame goes to the woman. One third goes to you. All of us are in this together. They turn to the woman. Hey, it wasn't my fault. If only your offense is garden properly and strange people don't come there, Lord, that's partly your fault. Now listen to me. No matter how justified you feel, I want to warn you about it. You are inactivating the grace of God for transformation. That's where the the issue is. That's why don't worry about excuses. If you know how God reasons and it's one of the things I I need to explain about sin, because I need to explain this further. We're going to pray in a moment. Let me just um, try and be quick, even though I started rather late. Now, let let me just tell us what sin is. Which is why you can't justify yourself. No one can ever be justified before God. Let us, we are grateful to God that he's very merciful. And I want us to remember that mercy. Let me tell you what sin is. We said last time there are different kinds of sins, right? There are different types. And the weights are different. We know because the Bible tells us clearly there is a sin that is not unto death. And there is a sin that is unto death. John even told us what to do with each one. And he made it clear that this particular sin, you can't pray for somebody not to be punished for it. That's if it's sin unto death. And then Jesus told us there are some sins that are not forgivable. What does that tell you? Sins are not the same weight. He talked about sin against the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm not discussing it. I just wanted to emphasize again that there are different kinds of sins. He also said the commandments have different weights. He said there are weightier matters of the law. Under the, old, um, the law and the prophets, now, they had a lot of commandments, 613 total. Okay? 613. Some of them were wittier than others. And Jesus said the Pharisees were making a big deal of whether you tithe or you didn't tithe. He said that was not one of the weightier matters of the law. So we know that sins, therefore, the transgression will also come in categories if the sins are in different weights. Okay, But John has summarized for us that all unrighteousness is sin. So what does it mean by unrighteousness? It simply means that if something is not done in accordance with the commandment of God or the precepts of God, then it is sin. No matter the justification. Sometimes, there is what they call mitigating circumstances, and it also applies. For example, Jesus said, the servant that does not know what to do, therefore does not do it. He said, therefore, he is justified and he cannot be punished. True or false? False. Thank you. What did he say? He gets lighter punishment. But is this is the issue I want you to understand. it. That's why I brought it up. Even though ignorance can mitigate the depth of punishment, it does not make it not sin. And every form of sin has a, has a just recompense of reward. Whether you knew or you did not know. Now, if you did not know, it is called a sin that is not unto death. But if you knew, especially when you have been directly instructed and corrected, it becomes a sin unto death. Now, let me just beg Christians. There's one attitude we have. Ahead of offense, we plan to confess. you hear that? Before we do something, we're about to do it. Our plan is that we'll confess and we'll be forgiven. That is called presumption. It doesn't work like that. That thought alone, hmm? let me explain it to you. That thought in itself, that idea that I am going to do this then I will confess so that God might forgive me, that thought is a sin. And you will not confess that sin because it was a plan. I don't know whether I get my point. You will not come and say, God, you see. Because you know that once you do that, you cannot confess. No, confess the other one that you are looking for forgiveness for. Do you get my point? Let's assume that I want to take somebody's food and eat it. It's just a very light thing. I know it's not my own. And I know God will be angry. So I say, Lord, I will say sorry to the Lord. Then I go there and eat the food. Now, two things I have done now. Two things. One, I have stolen what is not mine and consumed it. But secondly, because I knew I had and I planned that I would do it, then confess I have mocked God. I've gotten into a presumptuous sin and I've gotten into mocking God. That alone is a sin in itself. So if I now want to confess my sins, because I was trying to I had planned to do it and confess. I, I, I will not realize that I should confess the evil plan. <laughs> I will just confess the theft. Do you get my point? That is why you can't do that and get away. So if you have that thought, you will most certainly be judged. You will most certainly be punished. God will, That is, when he's done with you, you won't do it again. Because sometimes we carry the idea of forgiveness of God to an extreme. So we live carelessly that at the end of the day all we need to do is when we come again we'll confess. See as merciful as God is you can't mock him and get away. I hope you're getting my point. Now some people have been doing it. People say, Am I dead? No, you're not dead. Because maybe for you it still falls under a sin that is not under death. Because you did not know (laughs) that that thought process in itself is iniquity. Now, I've come to tell you today it is iniquity. Don't do it again. Now, let me remind us again. We all said it just now. The servant that does not know what to do and therefore doesn't do it, is still punished, even though lightly. And we call it a sin that's not unto death. All right? Now, this is the reason. Two things there. One, God has to teach us a lesson. All right? Number two, ignorance itself (laughs) is a form of iniquity that you did not know. I hope you're getting my point. Then number three, the thing you did not do right has a natural consequence. Let us assume now, nobody puts danger. There's a live wire here, and they didn't put danger. Okay? So, I just want you to explain something spiritual. And as I'm talking, I'm talking, I grab, I grab the live wire. Will they say that because I did not know, it wouldn't shock me? No. I'm just going to explain something spiritual. Okay? Now, if, because I didn't know, God is merciful. Actually, He does that a lot to us. Because I did not know, He can make sure that I'm not seriously injured. But He will make the thing, all right, hurt me a bit so that I will notice it and not come back there next time. Now, I'm going to say that if you're not doing what is right, even if God is not punishing you actively, because it is not the right thing, you are going to miss a blessing attached to doing right. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, that's the reason why it's like that. So, ignorance in itself, you can't just split it as to continue living so that you can continue living in a particular way. You can't. You just cannot. All right? So, I'm going to explain some things about sin. So, what is sin itself? I said it earlier. I have to repeat it. What is sin? Anything that is not in accordance with divine instructions. And divine precepts. See what I said? Now it doesn't matter whether you know or no. Let let me give an example. This one I use a lot. Was David walking in sin when he was marrying many wives? No, answer me. There's no catch. Uh Some people said no. uh, The John said no. (laughs) He he denied it. He said it's not the one. Of course, it was not the one. Just pulling his legs. Yeah, some people said no, some people said yes. I'm happy I got two answers because it just helped me explain. The answer is actually yes, but it was not a sin unto death. Why? He did not know. He did not know better. There were no instructions given him that you can't do that. But he had instructions given that you cannot take somebody else's wife. He knew that one. That was called for him adultery. And the time he did it, saw how, you saw how severely judged he was. Now, even though he did not know that multiplying wives was not good, even though he did not realize the importance of what we practice today in Christianity, which his father, grandfather Abraham, his ancestor, Abraham practiced, yet for that reason, because he did not know and did not practice it, the man did not enjoy marriage life one moment. He did not. Throughout his life, David never understood what it meant to be truly loved by his wife. And he didn't know what it meant, all right, or what it means to love your wife. He didn't understand. See, that didn't pass through his soul for one moment. David operated by lust every single moment. It's what his eyes sees. He goes to, he is angry with uh, Naba. At the end of the day, God avenged him of his adversary. Naba died. The first thing he remembered was a woman that came to greet him. He was walking with the lust of the eyes. That's a fact. Because he was walking with the lust of the eyes, he suffered. Even though God was not actively punishing him. I hope you're getting my point. All unrighteousness is sin. Whether God gives an instruction or not, all right, clearly to you, if something is not the order he planned, you will never enjoy the fullness of blessing. Walking that way, do you get my point? You know, I had a story, this journey I went, interesting story. If I tell you, I go to a jump. So, the man was telling us his story. Saying, "In their place, culturally, you are allowed by the culture to propose marriage to any woman you see." Single or married? So we say, what if the married person agrees? So that is it. You marry the person. So what about the husband she had before? He said, no, she will just tell that one, I'm not marrying again. So she will divorce the man and go and marry another person. Now, that's their culture. The people, they didn't find anything wrong with it. And they practiced it. Now, why did I hear this story? I won't tell you the full reason why the person told us the story. There's a long story, but let me just tell you this part of it. So one day, man, he had a wife, somebody came, proposed to his first wife, and took her away. The second time, it happened again. He went and married another woman the third time, right? And that man came one day, chased that third wife, proposed. To, so I don't know what the problem with the man was. I don't know. <laughs> but they took his third wife. He didn't see anything. So he went to the farm and just took his cutlass and went to work. You didn't they know what he was doing? Sharpening that cutlass. <laughs> Sharpened it for one week. And the day of the wedding, he came and cut everybody he saw. Slashed them to pieces. I if he will cut you to pieces. I don't know how many people he killed. So this is, this is where I'm going. There is in the Bible like that, that jealousy makes a man mad. Yeah, the scripture. So he said it enrages a man. So, Better go and tell the culture of the people that see. it least to this, yeah, this will keep happening. See this one use cutlass. Other people have been using poison. And you must understand. Now, let me say something to you about sin. I'm going to say it again. But let me tell a small story about sin again. You hear people go to shrines. They go to do juju. You know, they do charms to afflict somebody. Let me tell you something. Fact. Trust me, I know what I'm telling you. Culture or no culture. hmm? If I'm in my house, you see my wife passing, your front to go and fetch water. Then you call her one day and you use money and whatever you to entice her, and she agrees to marry you and she leaves me. Anytime I enter the realm of the spirit to afflict your household, no boy will ever stop me. I don't even need to do anything. I just carry one small goat. Go to one corner. Slaughter the goat. utter one or two words. And I tell you to have a stroke. Within a year, you will have it. I will see your first son passing. Just walking past. Doing very well in football. I will kill another goat. And I tell him to break his right knee. And it cannot be recovered. And you know what happened to the young man? He will go and play a match. You kick a ball, fall down, bam, the bone will break. If we go to every hospital in the world, it will not heal. And I hear you bought in the new car. I take another goat. <laughs> See, this is how it works. For you to be saved from anything I want to do against you, eh, you need, I don't have time, now, you need a lot of counter um, sacrifices, counter, I don't want to use accusation, people defending you. Maybe an incredibly good man, so many people are speaking good about you every day. They can just push you back slightly. If you don't give my wife back, eh, everything I said will happen. It will only be postponed. So maybe I tell you, break that knee. I wanted to break in one week, probably break at the end of two years. But breaking, it shall break. See, sin is how Satan comes in. See, let me tell you something there. What you know? We heard this song before. What can wash away my sins? Sing it. Mother, it's important too. don't forget the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh precious is that flow that makes me white as snow, No other found yes. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. When you see the only thing that can deliver you is what I've just told you is the blood of Jesus. When you say, just dive inside, just cover your head everywhere. Sit down and say, Hello, say I not the house. I do under the blood. <laughs> yeah, it's important. Because the blood of Jesus, when you say washes us away of all frees us from all iniquity, it's not a joke. I hope you get my point. Actually, he does that. that's what he does. That is why I told you if somebody come and do me like this, you will see. I won't see more than that finger you pointed. That's the only thing I will see. You know why? I'm covered by the blood. Do you get my point? Literally, I am covered by the. I won't see anything. There's nothing you can do because Satan. Please remember, is an accuser. You know, he said, Jesus said this concerning him. He said, The prince of this world is coming. What did he say? He said he has nothing in me. I like the way the amplifier said it. He said, The prince or evil genius, ruler of this world is coming. And he has no claim on me. Listen to this. He has nothing in common with me. This that's not where I want. This next portion. He said, There is nothing in me that belongs to him, and he has no power over me. Notice those two clauses. There is nothing in me that belongs to him, and he has no power over me. Those two things tie together. He gets his power over people when he finds something in them that belongs to him, which is disobedience. I'm emphasizing there are two forms of disobedience. There's one in which you did not know. There's one in which they told you. But whichever one gets judgment. As I told the story, I heard the story a few days ago. The, the whole community, they may not know. And that's why, you know, Eli had to say to Job, what happens is this. Sometimes a people, are, a, people a group of people, they are afflicted. You get in the midst of them, they struggle. They are always having one issue after another. Let's take an example, crop failure. or just getting into wars and all of that, you know. Today I was reading the news. I saw that a dam, a dam in um, Ukraine was bombed. Who did it? Nobody. The Ukrainians say it's not them. It's the Russians. Russians say, "Laila, it's not us. It is you people." Why somebody will bomb his own dam? I don't know, but it's possible. Everybody's is I would just think I say, "These Ukrainians will suffer for a long time." Do you know why? The war is being fought on their turf, so they are constantly defending themselves against the Russians. Now, this is where I'm going. Sometimes there is a people like that, they are suffering that way. It could be all kinds of things. Like Africans have suffered for a very long time. They have. They have. They are always ranking at the bottom of most indices of development. Now, many times, Elihu said, they don't even know why. They don't even know why. And sometimes people who who promise them deliverance, who say they want to give them money and aid and all of that? They tie all of that. They're actually satanists. Very common coming from America and Europe. They want to push the people further into bondage. They give you money and worsen your spiritual climate. Like what they were doing, especially prosper under Obama and all of that. They were tying everything to your legalizing you know, homosexuality and uh, same-sex marriage and all of that. And I'm so happy because it's the mercy of God. If you see, every African country, at least openly, they have resisted. What's the name of this Uganda president? Museveni. Museveni. I saw one video of Museveni. He see our partners from partners from other countries, they come. They want to force it on you. They want to judge you. Homosexual, hey, hey, hey. Homosexual, hey, hey. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Very funny video. I I, I like that. That is, the man saying, no, we will not accept. Because, you see, it's Satan's way of keeping you down. So Elihu said, if you find the people suffering, suffering, suffering like that, he said, what they need is an intercessor. Now, an intercessor, of course, we know by intercession you pray. But in that context, he said, not only will you pray, you will tell a man what is the right to do. Because no matter how much you pray, if you don't tell them what is the right to do, the affliction continues. I hope you get my point. No matter how much you pray for your people and say, look, may God stop your affliction. God says, they have to know what is right to do. That kind of committee I'll tell you about, somebody has to preach, they have to say, henceforth, this is the law of God. You shall not covet another man's wife. Didn't you find the Ten Commandments? I've told you before, what what does it mean to covet? Covert is different from stealing. If you have your device there, you're not looking at collecting. That's not coveting. That's stealing. That shall not steal. It's another commandment. But what is coveting? I see what you have, I like it, and I orchestrate to legally collect it. It's different from stealing. Stealing, you will never know I'm the one that took it. You shouldn't. Coverting, you will know, but there's nothing you can do about it. What does it mean? I lend you money at a usurious rate, but I take that thing as collateral because I know you won't be able to pay, then I collect it. That is coveting. So they need to know, clear-cut instruction, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. The fact that she agreed and she legally divorced the former husband does not e- e- um, exempt you people from judgment. Because you are breaking the rules of God. Please, I hope you are following my point. So you see, the people that they will be having one trouble after another. Elihu said they need somebody to to help them know what is wrong that they are doing and what is right for them to do. What am I going to emphasize? Satan needs. in, you know what I said? Which was did I use? needs. He needs something in your life to be able to enter. He needs it. And one reason why you resist sin is because you don't want him to have it. You don't want him to have it. He, would, he wants to enter your house. You know, all he does is stay outside and be looking. There's nothing he can do. There's nothing he can do. But you know, you know what Jesus said? He said, Simon, Simon. What did he say? Satan has what? If you have some Bible say desired, the real Greek said demanded, was a demand, was a plea before a judge. He had the right. That was where the intercession of Jesus came in. That Satan could not stand and demand anything concerning Jesus. He had nothing in him. But those boys, oh, he had all kinds of things. So Jesus had to stand as an intercessor for them, especially for Peter. Why? Because they were committed sins, most likely not unto death. But Satan still came to demand. Any part of your life you give to iniquity is an area where you have armed the strong man. Satan goes to God demanding. Once a woman called my wife. I said, "My husband is behaving funny. What's your husband up to?" If I say this, your ear will tingle if you have not heard before. Can you imagine a, a man pushing his wife to commit adultery? I said, your ear will tingle. I warned you. See tingling things happening now. Yes. She was like, what kind of thing is this? That's why she told my wife. For what purpose? Good question. She was confused too. Now, it's a man that's extremely jealous normally. A man that she's afraid to greet another man on the road. Greet to. You know, the way you just meet somebody. and Ah, Auntie, how now? Long time. have you guys been? That kind of thing. If she's the one, she will quickly greet you and move on, lest her husband is watching. Yeah, that same man. Did. So my wife got home and told me. I said, she's in danger. She's about to die. They've tried to kill her. I said, this man is an occultist. He's tried to kill this woman. And the occult, the real babalawos. I said, if a babbalah, if somebody comes to a child of God and say, you will see, just know it's fake, because the real ones, will can't tell you. If a real Babalawo sees me, a real Ubo, the deep ones, and U- man sees me, he won't make any threat he, because it's dangerous to his health. So if anyone makes a threat to me, I won't take him serious. You're not a serious one. The serious ones won't bother. Do you get my point? I said no. I, that's, that's it. Doesn't worry. But if he, okay, he, that man is a jujuman, I will go and greet him. I will shake his hand. If he's a real one, he will he will bow gently. Hello, sir. Uh-huh. You know something? The foolish ones will come and say, how are you? Uh, just this one, this one cannot last. This one cannot last. Because he's not afraid. <laughs> the ones that have sense, once they approach, <laughs> their spirit will pick it. Danger zone. So come with supplication. Good morning, sir. They say you are the one that parked this car. Please, your boy wants to go home. And I say, oh, I'm so sorry. Please, I'm... I'm uh-huh. But if you want to say, ah what? I don't get this motor, just say it's not a river it's just an agir thug. <laughs> so that is why when she just told me stuff, I just said to her. I said, That woman, she's on a danger list. They've tried to hit, they've tried to hit. There's no break in her ammo. I said, what she, what all he's trying to do is to break it. You know, my wife ran to go and tell her, see what my husband said. I went to the office one day. I, I was just, just like I'm just you now. I was not just one of my colleagues. Before I finished, halfway through, he said, that man is an occultist. He wants to kill that. He just, bam, just give evidence. Ah, I said, I said you were there when I told my wife this. He said, no, now, these are fundamental things about spiritual, spiritual life. He said, no, these are, these are basic things now. These are basic things. Anybody that understands this about spiritual, spirituality will know that that's all that is going on. So I told my wife, tell her you are fighting for your life this time around. Please bear these things in mind, though. You see, that's the reason why when they are tempting you with sin, even if they like, let them co- cover the whole place with concrete that nobody will see. You say, <laughs> "I'm not asking about who we see. I'm told next time they will go before the judgment throne of God, why are you exposing me like this?" He said, "Let's join us. Let's join to steal money. It's not money they are stealing. It's your destiny." It's not money that we are talking about. It's your ability to live long in good health, fulfilling the counsel of God. Why are you just going to implicate yourself spiritually? So, you just spiritually are weak. You're exposed. You're naked. Righteousness actually delivers you from death. One of the reasons why you don't mock God, you don't mock Christ Jesus, is because the only reason why you are sitting down there and your backbone is not gone. Hmm? It's because he makes intercession for you. If you start mocking him, deliberately doing that which you know displeases him, he withdraws the intercession. Not because he's angry, like, I mean, I want to, I want to show you something. No. He said, when well, if you deliberately go on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remain no more sacrifice. So, of course, you don't do everything perfectly. Who does? If we are to number iniquity, who will start? Nobody. But those ones are covered constantly by the intercessory power of the Lord Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus is constantly washing you. Because you see, when the, when the Hebrew man uses the word sin, there are different things that he connotes. One of them is a let's start with, one of them is a tendency to sin, the spiritual condition of sin. Number two is the act of sin. Number three is the consequence or the consequences of sin. And then number four, is a sacrifice for sin. All of them. So when you hear the sin light at the door, and you understand, people have interpreted all kinds of ways. What they were saying is that there is a sin offering that are presented. Take it and go and make atonement for your souls. Where am I going to go with the whole talk? See, the blood of Jesus washes us from sin. The consequences He himself was made sin. You understand? That's sin offering. So as to take away our sin, the tendency to to sin, and the judgment that comes upon us because of iniquity. I hope you're getting my point. Please, I need to remind us of this again. Every Christian should hate evil. Hate it. It's this poison. Let me talk about the state of Nigeria for a moment. We continue to pray for this country. But every day I move around, I think I go back to it again. The problem Nigeria has. See, the, the solution to African problem hmm, is Christ and his church. I hope you get my point. That's it. There's no other solution. If you don't believe it, you are not a true believer. You are a church goer. Paul said what? I am not ashamed of the gospel. What is it? Answer me now. Unto what? Unto salvation. Read that word salvation. I think it's the Schofield Bible or um, Vines. you see the meaning of salvation. It means healing, deliverance, all kinds of removal from that which is negative. If you don't believe... Like, listen, if you get to a home, there's trouble there. Paul said, go and preach the gospel there. If you get to a the nation, there's confusion. Paul said, go and preach the gospel there. If you prefer any other solution to a problem in a society in a nation, and it is not the gospel, you are not a true believer. And for your information, your solution will fail. It will fail. One major problem in Nigeria, which makes me laugh, is when the church thinks their solution is political. Now, you see, if you see me react, you are used to react to things. Why am I not following what everybody else is saying? I said because they are going astray. Broad is the road where everybody is walking into the pit. I won't follow them. If the church will not rally around the preaching of the gospel. You know, as I was driving down, I was just looking at, I said, I remember the way some people mobilized for the last election. I say, if we mobilize like that for righteousness. Jeez. Cooking gas will become free. Not only will it become cheaper. <laughs> Honestly. If we mobilize for righteousness, the way we mobilize last election. and I, I want, Once church starts like that, just know they are going to the pit. Everybody's entering the pit. They will get there. There's no, see, it's not like politics, eh? But when the machination of the church failed, I said, God, thank you. Now we are delivered. Because if all the ideas have succeeded, I just know we are, oh God, I know we have entered into, like, you know what they say, one chance. And it's a spiritual thing, though, know. it's the anger of God. People think that what you need is a, it, <laughs> you can have good government with earthquake. You can have good government with COVID and Ebola. You can have good government with Russia invading your country. Peace will be withdrawn. God said they look for much. It came to little. The little they brought home, they, they put into the pocket with holes. Why? He said, I blew upon it. He said, they, they will gather, but watch, I will scatter it. People think that it's just the ability to gather that they need. No! You have to beg God to put a blessing upon your ways, to put a blessing upon your land. Don't let me speak on the negative. All right? Because if I stay on the negative, I'll just say that the church in Nigeria have behaved like, you know, I sit there. Ah. I sit there and Bob Mali is now the bishop and the archbishop. Honestly. They don't emphasize the preaching of the gospel. That's what I'm trying to say. They felt confident to desecrate our pulpits, to be mobilizing for candidates last election. I said, okay. you know the truth? They don't believe the gospel is the No, you know, see, let me tell you, less than 10% of Christians believe the gospel is the answer. And that's been generous. They don't believe it. That's a you nonsense things like Japan. They don't go to church. Look at Go on. You, see, you know, the whole Japanese economy has unraveled now. Those of you who know world economics. The whole thing has unraveled. I said, oh, this is Japan that will make you look like God lives in Japan. The whole thing has unraveled. So I might analyze that other day and ah, this I just, in my mind, this was not sustainable, okay? It was not sustainable. So all flesh is grass. I hear people say things like, ah, prayer is not in the success equation. And I start giving you economic principles to succeed. You know the truth? You don't believe in the gospel. See, the church, you need to believe in the gospel. That's what I'm going to say. You know the truth? Righteousness is what exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people and to any individual. Not just a people, but to individuals. So, a child of God must raise, see, when we are talking about resisting sin or confessing sin, we say you don't confess sin, you confess Christ. I'm looking at him, I say, anyway, By the way, you know, see, should I tell you the truth? Don't, what I'm saying is the truth. So you know, you know, I know what I'm saying. You, you, you know. Okay. If you see a, a preacher saying, preaching that nonsense, eh, it's either a small boy or a sinner, old man. Do you hear what I'm if you see an old preacher telling you that God does not punish iniquity, and it, see, he's, he's, he's living in adultery. He's doing something wrong. His conscience is what he's is trying to kill. see young young boys, leave them. they never jam. Let them preach, they will soon stop. God will show look, 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 look. They will soon stop. I so when I see when I see small, small boys in there like 19, 20, 21. Praise God. In Christ Jesus, there's no sin. We don't confess sin. We just confess righteousness. Hey, just look. See. You will soon stop in systole. There's no problem. Just continue this one you are doing. You know what it means to stop insisting? So it's a slang we use when I was in school. <laughs> Let me stop it. <laughs> that is it's hard to beat you. Just it beat once it will not even realize. just stop there <laughs> to stop beating. <laughs> I just look at them and say, leave them as small boys. When I see an old man doing that, I say, go and watch this one. This guy is, is living in sin. That's why he's talking this nonsense. Those who are, who are really living in righteousness and they have grown, they know the impact of sin as cutting up people's destinies. They fight it with all their hearts. And they know that, see, let me tell you something, just a surprise when I say it. Young Christians have less sin in their lives than old Christians. You say, Pastor Mike, why do you say so? I will tell you why. Because the older you get, the more things Jesus comes as sin for you. When you are a young person, don't steal, don't commit adultery. Uh, don't co- commit uh, immorality. Don't lie. That's all. When you are older, you don't steal. You don't want commit adultery, you don't tell lies. Hey. <laughs> you now know the kind of sins that you'll be tired of. You can God leave somebody now. You finish preaching, God will say, "You said many people were saved. Say, don't stop lying. How many people gave their lives to Christ that day?" Say, "Lord, three is many now, but that's not what you meant." Say, "You're exaggerating. It's a lie." i not you now. Go back to church and tell them you lied last Sunday. Eh? Hey? Ah, Lord, they can't even remember. I said, "No, no. Can't tell them. Go and tell them you lied last Sunday." Ah, Lord. Ah, looking at you like this. If it's somebody like me, you know what I would do. I do a lot, and no, I go do one trick. You know, go know the trick where I want to use. <laughs> I just repeat the message and give you the facts. <laughs> They're just waiting outside. They say, Banky, go back there. <laughs> I say, no. What do you mean? Tell them what you say was not right. Just say you were trying to give an impression, which is not true. Ha. Huh. Say, low, you know these small, small boys start disrespecting people. Oh, there's somebody. Oh, just so good at the back say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, guys. Hey, hello, please. That thing I said two Sundays ago, it was not. I think I just wanted to make an impression. Jesus, not okay. Okay, you didn't say it well, but let me just leave it there. don't try. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's it. Next day, now ordinary dress you dress. I said, the Lord just said, wait, come, 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 come. Where are you going? It's a wedding. Why are you dressed like this? Boys night, I know. Why are you dressed like this? Your mind, hey, he has come again. He knows, that you are trying to look richer than you really are. I remove that cloth. It sounds funny. Yeah, but the cloth is not a sin, The wedding is not a sin, no? Everybody is wearing it. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it. But when you chose it that morning, it was with vain glory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, that's why Jesus didn't give us 10 commandments. He said, my commandments are 1,775. By the time you are 50, when you are 80, it to 2,892. <laughs> Every day, as you increase in knowledge, demand is made upon your soul. That's what I mean. But you know the truth? Believers understand that anyone you don't conquer is a chip off your destiny. Did you hear what I said? Every iniquity God brings to you that this has to be taken care of. He's not joking with it. If you don't, there is something in your destiny that you will never accomplish. There's a reason why the, 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 the seed... Went into fertile soil. Without thorns, all the thorns have been removed. All the major sins have been removed. Yet, one bought 30 fold, one bought 60 fold, one bought 100 fold. Now, this is a simple question. The soil is good, true or false? Why is one different from the other? You want to know the truth? It's just little, little things like that. Somebody's bearing fruit then he's satisfied. But the Lord comes and says, no, this fruit can be better. But if better fruit doesn't come at no cost, it comes at more demand on your time management. It comes with more demands on your money handling. It comes with more demands on your mouth usage, how you use your mouth. It comes with more demands on how much can you open yourself and be, you know, he said concerning Nathaniel, he said what? A true Israelite in whom there is no guile. That comment, eh, powerful. Jesus said, no, no. What you see in Nathanael is what there is. He has no hidden motives. He has no ulterior motives. If he tells you something, it is true. He has nothing. is hiding. Sometimes Jesus will say, yeah. Meet up. Thank you. I want to be like Nathanael. So when you're just like Nata, you get to 30-fold. If you're like Nathani, you get to 60-fold. But if you can just hit Nathaniel, then you need 90-something-fold. And you keep moving. I hope you're getting my point here. Every day he's making a greater demand concerning our work with him. You know, the problem we have is that, you know, one day one brother asks a question. That day I say, hi. I tell myself, the banker, are you sure you're doing your work? I need to work some more. Because when I see the kind of things Christians don't know, I start thinking it's my fault. How many times have you taught them? Okay, you taught that thing six years ago. You think they knew you that time. Go and teach again. Because we're discussing something, you know, it's a medical issue. Whether, I think i give illustration here with it then. We're talking about freezing eggs. That whether a woman can take her eggs and freeze to use later, all right? Because women generally have a narrower reproductive period than men, all right? I mean, less than half, maybe, in fact, very, very narrow, all right? Just typically from maybe, let's just, take, let's just take 15 to, a little earlier than 15, all right? But let's just take 15 to 45, typically like that, okay? So sometimes, I us say, can, and the person asking is a gynecologist. So he needed that question answered so as to counsel Christians, Christians that come to him and all of that. Now, this is where I'm going. We had a long discussion. In answer, we have not answered this question. No. I said, what is the answer now that you're looking for? He said, is it a sin or is it not a sin? I just got angry. I said, my brother, you are being legalistic. Now, you see where I'm going. To so just say, is a sin, is not a sin. You have, the, it's not in the Bible. Let's start with that. But you can decode the mind of God under each circumstance. You can decode, and that's what we spent time analyzing you see where I'm going in a moment. So you see, a lot of Christians are still stuck on, is this a sin, is not a sin? No, that's mundane. I said this is how you answer questions as a true believer. Does he please God or it doesn't? That's a more accurate way to ask questions. Because when you say it's, it's not a sin, you need a set of laws. And many of these, things are somebody will not tell you that, uh, um, there's no way, people have told me before, there's no way the Bible says, man can't marry two wives. I've had arguments a lot of times. Show me. The only thing he said is dickens, bishops, must be husbands of one wife. I have a new rule. If you ask me that kind of question, you are in kindergarten, I teach postgraduate, so me and you cannot discuss. (laughs) Do you get my point? You are too far down. I can't have a conversation with you. I don't know where to start from. Because you are still guided by your lusts. Things that are ruling you are different from the things I'm having to deal with. Please, shift. Shift. Shift first. Look at this money issue. The same problem I have with people. When it's like, some people can't just let money go. So anytime it goes, it must be that it's going to fetch more money. Do you get my point? So, and that, that light crept into the church. So anytime you give, you're waiting for the, for the fruit. Of the seed that you planted. See, covetous people, you see, there's not, see, accuracy of doctrine, I've said it before. It's not about intellectual rigor, it's about the rightness of the heart. A covetous man will open the Bible, it's how to multiply money, you'll be seen. He said, Peter gave Jesus a boat. Did you see what he got? Hallelujah. (laughs) Hey, just a boat. He didn't dash him, he lent him. Oh, anything I give to God is going to multiply. <laughs> you know, only, you know, the the free the, the inside him has not yet departed from his soul. So everything he says in the Bible is interpreted in the light of what I will get. I hope you're getting my point here. Where am I going? So when people come to me, I say, look, listen, the issue is does he please God? Does it please the wife you are married to? There are things you just ask, and God, God will just say, I'm looking at you. The answer is so clear. So I've been arguing some things with me from Scripture. No, as believers, see, does it please God? Is your primary thought. Where you park your car, you ask yourself, does it please God? thing that you're parking your car, you're checking. This person, will he be able to come out? I'm not sure. Let me park somewhere else. I hope you're getting my point. There are times, like I told you, sometimes I want to park, I just look at where I'm parking on the road. This woman is selling banana behind there. Where I'm parking is legal. Where she's selling banana is illegal. She's on the sidewalk. But I just look, I say, mm, she must eat her big. Then I go and repack. For the simple reason, that I want people walking past to be able to see what she's selling. There's no scripture that says, thou shalt not park in front of a woman Selling her bananas. But there are things you see like, do to others as you would like them to do unto you. What am I going to say? Someone talking about sin, please, let's leave all these big things. God is tuning our lives so that some things that are even normal to other people. In our lives, God will say, no, it's not acceptable. And listen, no matter how mild, now let me say it again, no matter how gentle, sins. All unrighteousness is what? Sin. And once it is unrighteousness, it's chipping away at your destiny. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. Very few people hit their destiny 100%. Very few people make it fully. I dare to say this, most people, including believers as are today, God gives up on them after a while. Does he? Yes. He has just a number of cycles of coming back. First year, he looks for fruit. Second year, he looks for fruit. Third year, he says, cut it down. Then the keeper of the vineyard says, no, give me one more year. He comes back next year again. No fruit, cut it down. You know, this Bible is deep, you know that? Truth inside is plenty. Of oh, course, you know, I, I just came back from supportive. That's part of why I, I came late today. I came back today. That Mark chapter 11. When Jesus said, have faith in God. Constantly. Hey, I had another dimension. I was shocked. Hey, I said, yeah, this Bible. This be This be has things yeah. Pastor Cyril was preaching something. He said, look at it. That that tree spoke first to Jesus. Because the literal Greek says, Jesus answered and said. I said, what? He brought one dimension I had never seen before. It was Pastor Cyril's apostolic summit, so there are a lot of preachers. So most of the time you are there, you are listening, you are not preaching. I think I preached is it uh, three times, even though I was given a lot of time, but was just three times I climbed to preach. But I must have listened to a total of nothing less than, nothing less than, each day you get like three preachers a day. And I was there the whole of Thursday, the whole of Friday, the whole of Saturday, and the whole of Sunday. So you know I, I heard preaching. I heard preaching. And I only preached three times. So you hear, you hear all kinds of people preach the man said that the tree spoke first. That Okay, listen. Look at his, his own argument. If you have power to kill a tree, it also means you have power to, to bring out fruit. So you get to the fruit. What will you use your power for? Even a hunger be your problem. It's not to bring fruit. Is it to kill the tree. When he said I said, hey, that is true. <laughs> he, he said, look, think about that. He had the power, right? Why was he killing the tree? Why was he not making it bear fruit? He said, why? Because the picture, the tree brought forth a picture that said something. You see where I'm going? That Now, I'm going to add many words to explain it. You have used nutrients. You have used water. God has given you sun. Yet your life, there's no fruit. You are dying from the root. That actually was a picture of Israel. And of course, by AD 70, God killed them from the root. So when Jesus spoke to that tree, he was saying the tree, telling the whole of life, anyone who lives like this tree will die from the root. That God gives you his word, gives you his truth, he gives you the sun, he gives you the rain, he gives you time, and you still don't bear fruit. See, I want Christians to understand. See this thing we call iniquity, eh? we fight it like, before you kill me, I will kill you. Somebody must die. All these children will be killing their enemies, <laughs> die by fire. It's a powerful prayer. All of you must learn to pray it. I'm learning to pray it. But which enemy is dying by fire is the issue. I hope you're getting my point. Everybody, help me out. Loss of the flesh, die by fire. Loss of the eyes, die by fire. Pride of life, die by fire. Thank you. <laughs> Those are the real enemies. <laughs> Those are the real enemies. Let's do it again. Loss of the eyes, die by fire. Loss of the flesh, Die by fire. pride of life, Die by fire. some assault and scatter. <laughs> I'm telling you, because these are the real enemies of our souls. That's the; those are the things killing us and preventing the power of God from coming into our lives. Those are the things ensuring that our destinies are not fully manifested. I'm not somebody in the village somewhere; it's the jobless people. If you like sacrifices anything, it doesn't concern me. The blood of Jesus has been sacrificed for me, so I don't have your time. I, I've said to you before, th- look, if I get to the front of my gate, and you, scart- you put tortoise there and scatter cowry right there, I'm going to look for the heaviest car I can find. Drive over your tortoise so I can break the back. Wah! Kill him. You know the truth? As God lives, I will not pray about it. If I pray about it, that is when my judgment starts. You put this at my door. Do I look like a zoo? My compound. In fact, I, I, that's why I like uh, Yibo people. I just call the zoo people, come and see, you. and then <laughs> just dash them. It's not you can't hang red cloth at my gate if I want to enter my house. And I get there, somebody has hung red cloth with cowrie. I will use my hand. I won't use stick. I use my hand to tear it off. Even my children they will laugh at. it. See, people eh, stop scaring your children. What did I say? Of oh, teaching your children that somebody put something inside a cloth. There was a time, have they stopped that nonsense now? That don't put your this on the line, or they'll go and tiff it. If it's human that's too long, we didn't it. Let them take it because these, these things are expensive. Some people can't afford their own. So let them just buy, yeah, wash your own. Don't, but don't let anybody they say they want, to, they want to use it to do juju. I nonsense. If you take my cloth from the line, the only way they pay me be say I, go, I get to buy another one. That's all. You say, Pastor, I saw where they took your shirt. They wore it on a shigidi. Uh-huh. So the shigidi now is now it's not moving. The Bible says they have eyes they don't see, they have ears they don't hear, they have legs they don't walk. Those who worship them will become like them. Uh-huh. They said they, they, they wore, they wore, you wore their, your shirt on them. You will become like them. It's those who serve them. That become like them. It's those who serve them. It's like those who are talking about the mark of the beast. So, Don't they put anything in your right hand. Though? Put it there. It's a vaccine. They put vaccine in your right hand. So, I've now become what? If you're taking the mark of the beast, it's like they put a uh, chip in your right hand. That's not the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is given to those who worship the beast. You have to worship the beast first. You know that? if you are hey, come, you, take. You are now the beast's property. Is first, those who worship the beast. Let's get this is clear. All right? So, Satan can't do anything to you because uh, no, the real thing that needs to die by fire. The real thing that Satan uses is what we are talking about. So, Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming. There's nothing in me. And for that reason, Amplify said he has no power over me. I like the way Amplify says it there. Let me just go back there again. Said, there is nothing in me that belongs to him and it has no power over me. So when the Bible says the wages of sin is death, that's what it means. It exposes you to the power of the enemy. That's what sin does. And I'm emphasizing again to us today. All right, that's my emphasis. Whether it is big or small, especially in the eyes of man, listen, you don't even know what is big in the eyes of God. Some things that are big in the eyes of man, in the eyes of God, nothing. Some that are small in the eyes of man, In the eyes of God, very weighty. So what we do as believers is that we go after every one of them, tooth and toenail. That is, as we grow, I said it earlier, some things that were small before, they become big as God gives you light, as God gives you understanding. Sometimes, small digression, when I see the people react to the issues of the country, I just know that they have not been given understanding. There are things they do. I can't. For me, it becomes iniquity. Sometimes, especially those who don't understand, who are not believers, who are not my disciples of the, in the world, especially classmates, they think I'm a, an apologist for the government. I said I'm always defending them. I say, you don't understand. I have a duty to release faith, which you don't have. You can wake up, wake up and be talking nonsense. Some, some of them talk so much nonsense. I say, honestly, if I'm God, I'll punish you for this. That these are just like, you know... One guy the other day, that's yesterday. Somebody just, I saw the comment somewhere that the price of cooking gas has crashed. So I said, eh. So I just asked, is it true? Ah, Somebody said, yes. Even diesel. They found out that today, aviation fuel too crashed. Ah. The price are just dropping. So so I'm like, oh, thank God. They say, what are we celebrating? What are we celebrating? Is it as low as it was two years ago? (laughs) That was the argument I got into when I just asked the question. Is it true that cooking gas price crashed this much? And it turned out to be true. So when we that, so another person now said, "Oh, this is also down." So later in the day, I found that the Vision fuel went down from 800 to 650 in less than a week. Ah! I said, with this kind of attitude, if I were a God, I will punish you. Honestly. I'll just beat you for this. I just, I just call two angels, flog that guy when his back has peeled. We'll, just, we'll think about healing him. I said some, some assignments you don't have, I have because of understanding. So every day I'm releasing faith. The government does something. I don't speak negative. I do doesn't mean I agree, but I don't propagate evil. I don't spread, you know, negativity. There's one video. Please let me just quickly drop it. I don't know. I didn't listen to it. I don't bother. They say Erufai said something. Many of me have seen it it's about Islamic agenda and all of that. That they plan Islamization. So when somebody sent it to Pastor Corey, he shared it with some of us. That like, what do we think? You know the answer I gave. I said you told us eight years ago, Buhari is going to turn all of us to Muslims. Eight years after, are we Muslims yet? No. I said all right, good. I said okay. So this one, Eurofi has supposedly said now. Has he removed power from my gospel? Please answer me. Has he removed power from my gospel? I said, has it stopped the agenda of God in this country? No, sir. I said, has it changed the fact that Jesus is Lord? No, sir. Has it changed the fact that of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end? No, sir. I asked a lot, a lot of those questions. Let me just show you what I wrote. I said, so after all of this, will the work of God now be cut short because of one small man from um, Kaduna? No, answer me. No, sir. sir. I said, okay, what am I now supposed to do? That was my next question. Am I supposed to start praying a prayer I was not praying before? No, sir. Because I don't know what I've been praying. And I know God has been answering. Then I asked another question. I said, the Christians who are shouting Islamic agenda, can you show me how you have been promoting Christian agenda? You just want, you want people not to have agenda. Because you don't have I've told you before, if you don't have a Christian agenda in this country, God will, they don't need Islamic agenda. God will give it to them. So leave that. In. Before you open your mouth and shout Islamic agenda, I want to see that nothing less than okay, let me not give proportion, a huge chunk of your money is going towards promoting Christian agenda. Not Christian church, I didn't, I didn't say church, not your church. I mean the cause of Christ in this nation. Show me how you are sponsoring the gospel. Go, I just came from Sokoto this morning. Slept over in Abuja because I couldn't get a flight yesterday. You will see. A, a major problem many of the Christians they have, all right, many of the ministers they have, is they don't have enough support. Like somebody said, somebody, I heard the comment, one of our brothers said something. He said, look, all no, somebody tweeted it, that all these churches that are in Lagos, they want to open branch, is UK. You <laughs> are Islamic agenda. Your branches are in New York. No, we don't go to New York first. We go to Atlanta and then Texas and then somewhere in London, there are a few in Europe and tell the an Islamic agenda. Spend money in Nigeria before you open your mouth and talk nonsense. When you hear a church was born, go there, build another one for them because all that money will not build your parking lot where you are in Laodicea. You know now those churches they burned, what is it made of? Small brick and wood. Yeah. Put concrete down. Let's see who will burn who, who, who it. Tell me nonsense. How did I get there? No one I the vex, I had the misroad. How did I get there? Hmm? No, okay, okay, and I remember what I was saying. So some just have a negative mind. So please, if you got that video, God forbid you to forward it to anybody. Apart from the purpose of discussion, like maybe with wise people. You now put it on a chat group. I hope you know that rumor. Rumor is a warfare strategy. You weaken the hands of the saints with such nonsense. You think you are, are, are engineered? No, those who are already praying are not moved. Those who were afraid before, next thing they they've collected more visas because of Eurofight. Don't force such things. That's what i to make to you. You know the truth. Most of this nonsense I get, it dies. if you are forwarding around, once it gets to me, it doesn't move from there. If I ever forward, it's to, it's to people who have their head, spiritual head, in the right place. And we share it to mock you. Look at the nonsense Christians are sharing around. Of all the great things God is doing in this nation, how many have you forwarded? Listen, if you are listening to me, ask yourself. Of the great things God has been doing, how many have you forwarded? If they give a lot of Christians a list... Of good things God did, they won't move it. Why? It happened under Buhari. Buhari must get no credit. Yes, speeches made on the negative level, under Sassim Buhari, you've, by virtue of you, at least a thousand souls have been poisoned. I'm talking about sin. So, for some of us, some of those things that people think is normal, they are sins. But anyway, l- listen, spend a lot of time. I want us to pray. How do we tackle sin and temptation again? Remember? There are a number of things, but the most important one we're going to look at again is because we're talking about prayer. It said, lead us not into temptation. It said, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We read that what we do is we acknowledge our iniquity. What did I say? We our what do we do? We acknowledge our iniquity. Let me say it again. You cannot cleanse yourself of any wrongdoing, anything that does ill really beset, apart from the power of prayer and the word. You have to give yourself constantly to prayer and the ministry of the word. In this time, in this case, taking in the word. We talked about praying from inside the word all this while. That is how you overcome. I talked about it last time, is to go to the Lord and acknowledge your iniquity. But what I want to emphasize today is the fact that we talked about it. Now remember, worship, all right? There are three forms of worship in this series we saw. Number one, praise, uh huh. Two, and three, consecration. Thank you. That consecration is one I want to remind us of again, because when you are, when you overcome sin, one of the things—let me just say this one quickly. One of the problems with temptation is that people are not prepared. What I mean by prepared, you know, mark of the beast. I mean, you know what they call mark of the beast? You have the book, mark of the beast. Do you know anyone who doesn't want the mark? Of, you can't stay markless. So I hope you get my point. I hope you get my point. You can't be markless. You must have a mark. Ask your neighbor, which mark is your own? Because if you don't have the mark of Christ, you'll take the mark of the beast. Now, nah, so you be. Some just want to be going and say, Mark of the beast. Hey, don't take it, though. This one is walking iniquity. Jaguda. He's telling you not to take the mark of the beast. See, what's the name of our guy? Judas. Judas never said, I want to take the mark of the beast. But you know, he took it, so, so to speak. He didn't say, I want to take the mark of the beast. Too. What happened? He took the mark of love of money. He took the mark of covetousness. He took the mark of stealing. And once you take the mark of stealing, you will take the mark of the beast. That is the way it works. Anyone who does not want the mark of the beast must first of all take the mark of Christ. So that when the beast comes, take mark, say, hey, I know get peace. <laughs> he said, ah, I got beast now. Wow, I say they give something. He said, but I don't have space. I want to put, you see, that spot on my right hand you want to put, you see. Christ is already there. Let me use your forehead. He you said, see, Christ is already there. Hey, sorry, my neighbor, try him. When I preached last week, he did not believe, so maybe. <laughs> if listen, sense of God, you know, there's a way the church focuses on the mark of the beast, mark of the beast. I say, listen, if you have taken the mark of Christ, you don't need to worry about the mark of the beast. I hope you're getting my point. Where am I going? If you have deliberately yielded your members as instruments of righteousness, they will be too busy. They cannot be members as instruments of what? Of unrighteousness. You're just too busy. And spiritual are busy. If you have yielded, if you have taken your whole body and placed on the altar as a living sacrifice, you know what it means? There's no body to give anybody else. Send Satan comes in now. Give me a small body Hey, you will have come last week. Because this week I carried the whole thing and took to the altar. My whole body is now on the altar. As instruments of righteousness. Yielded to God. Hmm? Satan, you know what? Go down the road. I see some cult boys in the bush there doing, you know, initiation. Maybe you can use them. But this one, he's not available. I hope you're getting my point. How do we do this? It's not by running around. Is on our knees. It's in prayer. You take your mouth. That's, I want us to read a few scriptures. We start want to pray, and then we'll close. So today, we're just going to pray from these scriptures, fortifying ourselves that, look, nobody's going to take my destiny. Say that. Nobody's going to take my destiny. Now, I hope you know it's not the witch we're talking about. I hope you know it's not the witch. One day, I was talking on radio. Somebody, I finished so, talking. One guy called... He said, mm, Pastor, leave that thing. Some mothers-in-law, they are witches. Imam <laughs> ah, is a stubborn. After I've explained, I'm sure his mother-in-law don't show him, Pepe. <laughs> Some mothers-in-law, actually, they are very wicked. But they are not witches. You think evil people don't have sons-in-law or daughters-in-law? They have now. But does not make them a witch? Many people, they are the ones that don't, even know, they don't know people management." You know the corporate management. You don't even know how to relate with your in-laws in laws. You don't call them witch because they don't like you. Let me be honest with you, even me, I don't like you. And that and you didn't marry my son, you didn't marry my daughter, I don't like you. So, what do you not expect from somebody whose son or daughter you married? You know why you're a wicked soul. Pastor, what do you mean? Wait. When last did you send a gift to that witch? You can call her a witch. She's, just, she's not a witch, she's just angry. Look, Apostle, gifts are very powerful. Hey, I've, I've, I've gotten stuck then. We're going to pray in a moment. Don't wait till you have everything before you start sending your in-laws gifts. You don't give gifts of honor when you have nothing else to do with money. They are priority matters. You know, I, you, you know we need a car. You don't. You know how many taxes are there? Do you know how many kekes are there? Your need for a car is pride. if that's it. How many you have saved that you want to go and buy a car next week? Go home, go and greet somebody. That's them a new freezer. You will see that they will join your church. Everybody come to your church. Sure we, look, we see those days that everybody in his house came to church. They, they had to come to church because he was the one bringing all the... <laughs> when he comes home, you know, he brings all the goodies. Everybody followed him to church. Even the witches say, now, "Beg, I don't want to witchcraft now. Let's finish. When he goes home, we'll go back to witchcraft. (laughs) What the witches are pursuing you is your stingy behavior. I hope I'm talking to somebody. I know it's not you, but it's your neighbor. (laughs) So let me finish. So, look, listen. Once somebody doesn't like you, like, stop saying that. And you say, I saw them in my dream. Let me be honest with you, witches don't come into your dream. They don't. Why do they want to expose themselves to you? They want to kill you softly so that you won't know who's doing you. So anybody you saw in your dream is not the witch. He it's a revelation, it's not a revelation. It's Satan is trying to confuse you and separate you from your loved ones. you that have always seen people in witches. You say, Maybe I, you know, I have this gift. You don't have a gift. You have a suspicious spirit. The day you don't like what I'm preaching, you start seeing me in dream too. <laughs> so I dreamed of pastor yesterday, was it? The way he was looking, his shirt was looking dirty. So I, I saw his face. He was twisting like this. He now grew two horns. It's because I said something you don't like. I didn't change. Some people, they are so suspicious. Everything, they say, I dreamt. See, if you dream. dream I'm waiting for you to dream. What well, if they dreaming, they say, oh, I dreamt that, um, the, you know, you know, you, you know that my, 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 my wife's auntie? Yes, that black one. No, no, the yellow one. Yes. I saw two of them suddenly they were mixing soup. I looked inside the soup. I began to see my liver there and my kidney. <laughs> you want to know the truth? Satan is confusing you. Because if really, let me tell you the truth. Eh? I'm not joking. No. If really they wanted to cook your liver and your kidney, they won't show you. I hope you're getting my point. If they are powerful enough to cook it, you will just find yourself dying. You won't know who's doing it. They won't come and show it to you. So how come I saw it? That's the point I'm making. Because Satan is trying to distract you from your real problems. And listen, any prophet that saw it for you, go and check how they want to solve it. Are you not bringing something? It's okay. I dreamt yesterday. Then the prophet saw it the next day. It's still Satan. Satan in you. Satan in the prophet. Satan in the two of you. Confusing you. And like I keep on saying... If really, if really, if really, if really, prophet, you had that power. Why are we having this conversation? Just declare upon me in Jesus' name they can't do, which is what I will do. But you no want to know the truth? Nobody's cooking your liver. No, listen, it's your wickedness that's warning you. You married somebody's daughter since four years now. He has never eaten a goat in Christmas and you're the one that brought it. Because he collected dowry from you that time. They forced to come married again. Still they vex till today. With all the witch in that they will so kill you if you don't do what I'm doing. <laughs> the Lord is good. Of course, you know, when you get here, you have to help people. They not who are they frustrated, they are blaming people. Just walk righteously. Yeah. I'll give you a, a, a at the end. I gave somebody, you know, on my way from Abuja this morning. Yeah. The woman was like, Oh, she never thought, Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Ah, I said, now wow. So, human beings don't know these things. Let me tell you how to silence all the witches in your neighborhood in the village. The the, 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 the witches in the city. They have a different treatment, all right? I'll tell you that one later. There's a seminar next week on how to handle city witches. (laughs) Village witches are what I'm talking about. They are the easiest to handle. Those ones are very easy to, that is, ah! In fact, I feel like just, I feel like having them so I can handle them. It's a pity I don't have. Can you dash me your witches? Because it's really, <laughs> they are very easy to handle. Very, no, listen, it doesn't cost a lot of money. If God has blessed you small, just calculate how many witches in your. That you're part of. No, in the village, it's not much. Maybe are all the witches they are talking about. Are they more than 10? Between 10 and 12? And you got to give you some money. It's not, ah, use two 200 naira notes. Crisp. Just go and meet Mrs. Apostle. She will help you. You understand? Crisp note. They arrange it. And put one roll of high-quality print and send it to the witches. See, they will have meetings. Say, hey, all witches, no flying again. And this guy's like, I'm telling (laughs) you. They will will never fly when you're coming. When you come, everybody's going going to church. You see hungry people, you don't know how to help them. You're calling them witches. Walk out to you. What does walk out mean? (laughs) Exactly, shame on you. The Lord is good. (laughs) I just feel like dropping that. I, I drop that once in a while. We have to get this African thing out of our minds. It's not the will of God. Amen? All right, let's quickly pray with this and then we're out of here. All right. Now we are praying now, but we're going to pray from scripture. Alright? Everybody, remember how do we overcome sin? One, confession, two, consecration. What that is the number one? That is any sin that is in your life, any shortcoming. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Maybe you get angry too much, you confess it. I hope I get my point. Maybe you spend your money all on yourself. You are worried about tomorrow. You confess it. Consecration, you keep your body busy. With your mouth, you give it to the Lord on his altar. Quickly, let's read all of this. We're going to read some of these scriptures. Let's start with um, Romans chapter 12 again. Romans chapter 12 from verse 1. We read verses 1 and 2. Can we rise to our feet? We're just going to take this declaration and then we're going home. Romans chapter 12. Are we there? Let's all read it together, okay? Please remember what we are doing is that we are making sure that Satan has no hold in our lives. Please, I need to emphasize it. You know what we are doing? What are we doing? Sure no Go by it again. Sure no say after I'm saying in the name of Jesus. Satan will have nothing in me. Say in the, name of Jesus. in the name of Jesus. Jesus died to set me free. The blood of Jesus was shed to set me free. Say all things have passed away. All have passed away. I have a new life in Christ Jesus. In Christ Say it again. All things passed away. New things have come in Christ Jesus. Say Jesus died to set me free. Jesus died to set me free. By the shedding of his blood. By the my sins have been washed away. Say by, by the shedding of his blood, my old life has been taken away. My old life has been taken away. The old man is gone. Now I have a new life. I have the righteousness of God. I have the, I have the, ability, to I have the ability to walk in righteousness. I walk in the holiness of truth. In the name of Jesus. Now, let's read Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. 1 to 2, let's go. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, notice something here. I want everybody to notice this. If there is sin in your life, you can't understand the will of God. You can't. You can't. It's just not possible. I've seen young men who are stepping around praying, who, who should I marry? You will marry Jezebel. See, it's not... Oh, God. It, you don't have a choice. And you meet her in the choir. And she'll be an ordained minister. And you will be totally confused. Why? That is what iniquity does. Let us pray. We have read this. Everybody use it to pray. Begin to pray. Say, Lord, I present my body to you as a living and holy sacrifice. Begin to pray. You can say after me if you wish. Say, Lord, I present my body as a living and holy sacrifice, which I know is acceptable to you. That is my spiritual service of worship. Lord, accept my body. I yield my body as an instrument of righteousness. Say it. I yield my body as an instrument of righteousness. I yield it entirely as an instrument of righteousness. You know what Paul said? Listen to this. He said, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you may obey his lusts. And do not go on presenting your members, not to sin, as instruments of righteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Now I declare, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, sin will not be master over me. Because I present myself to you right now. My whole body as an instrument of righteousness. Now say after me, in the name of Jesus. Now we're reading from that Romans chapter 6. I just want to adapt it. Say in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Help me according to your word. To your word. Give, me Give me grace so that sin will not have control over my life. Sin will not have control over, sin have control over how I live. Sin how Say in the, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I come to that throne of grace. I come to, I come to receive mercy. I come to receive ability. Say in the name of Jesus, I come to receive ability so that sin will not have control over my life. I because I have been set free, been set by, the free. The by the power of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Say I have, been set free. I have been set free. Say, no part of my body will be an instrument of evil. No part of my body will be an instrument of evil. I will not give in to sinful desires. I will not give in to sinful desires. Say instead, instead I, give myself completely to you, my father. I give myself completely to you, my father. My natural man is dead. My natural man is dead. But now I have a new life. I commit to use my whole body, my whole body as, an as an instrument of righteousness, doing what is right for the glory of God, sin right shall not have any dominion over me. Say, addiction will not have dominion over me. Addiction dominion over me. See every addiction, every addiction be, broken now. be broken now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. See, anyone who prayed this prayer with us eh, has been set free. See, what we have just done is we just read almost verbatim from Romans chapter 6, verses 12 to 14 from the New Living Translation. I just found it into two words, into two sentences, all right? I'll just read it out loud from scripture. Now, let me just say something to you. That is how to pray, you know? (laughs) I thought I'm going from Sokoto. One preacher that came to preach there, (laughs) Pastor Oji, one thing we've been saying here, you know he said the same thing. He said he doesn't like the one that Christians don't even like to pray anymore, that they are so lazy. He now give an illustration. He say, Okay, pray for this person. He said, Start praying for this person. He said, What do Christians start doing? He, say, tak, 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 tak. He, start, he said, Look. He said, You've never asked. What am I supposed to pray about? Let me tell you, the best way to pray at times like this is first of all, take scriptures. What did I say? Take scriptures. Take scriptures and form them into your own words. You don't have to be ingenious, you don't have to manufacture. Start speaking Greek for God. God doesn't speak Greek. I don't think he understands Greek. He say, Pastor, you don't understand? Yeah, because you don't understand it. You are saying to him what you don't know. How do you want him to know what you are saying? Speak the that says simply. That's what I mean. Of course, I know he understands Greek. Are you getting my point? Yes. But you trying to impress. is what I'm saying. is not necessary. Let's go over it again. This is Romans chapter 6 from verse 12 to verse 14. Open your Bible screen. Let's read it together. Are you there? Are you there? Want to let go? Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you may obey its laws. And do not go on presenting your members. Continue reading. As those are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you. For you are not under law but under grace. Now, based on that, let's say, say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I, receive grace. I receive grace. I receive help. I receive help. According, to your word. according to your word. Grace to live above sin. Grace to live above sin. Grace to live above every addiction. Grace to live above every addiction. Say, Father. Father in, your presence, in your presence, I declare. I declare I will, not give in to I will not give in to sinful desires. Say, Father. Father by your grace, I declare. I will not give in to sinful desires. No part of my body will be an instrument of evil. No part of my body will be an instrument of. No, evil. Part, of my body will serve sin. no part of my body will serve sin. Instead. I give myself completely to you, my father. I give myself completely to you, my father. Say, my old man is dead. I have a new life in Christ. I commit to use my whole body as an instrument to do righteousness. To do what is right for the glory of God. Say, sin. sin. You can't control me. You can't control me. Give the Lord thanks for a minute there. Give the Lord thanks for a minute. Give lot Lord thanks for a minute. That's what prayer is. Prayer is the word of God. Quickly, open to the book of Psalm, Psalm 40. Psalm chapter 40. Quickly, let's read this. Psalm 40, quickly. I want us to read from verse 4 to verse 13. Let's be quick. I don't want to keep us too long, even though we don't coin the spirit anyway. <laughs> Are you there? Psalm 40. We are going to read from verse... Um, what verse did I say? From, from verse 4 to verse 13. All right. Are you there? I want to let's go. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to the proud, nor to those who laughs into falsehood. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders which you have done. And your thoughts toward us, there is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, they will be too numerous to count. Sacrifice and meal offering you have not desired. My ears you have opened. Bond offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I desire to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed glad tidings of righteousness in the great congregation. Behold, I will not restrain my lips, O Lord, you know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great congregation. You, O Lord, will not withhold your compassion from me. Your loving kindness and your truth will continually preserve me. For evils beyond number have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I am not able to see. They are more numerous than the hairs of my head. And my heart has failed me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. Make haste, O Lord, to help me. Let those be ashamed and humiliated together who seek my life to destroy it. Let those be turned back and dishonored who delight in my Lord. Let's stop there. Said, let those be turned back and dishonored who delight in my heart. You know what that means? It's simple. All the sins I have committed, they have been forgiven. Amen. That's what it means. He said, Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. Say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It has pleased the Lord. It has pleased the Lord. And He has, has delivered me. Now there's one reason why I say we should read all of this. The emphasis is in verse 7. No, the verse 6. It's said, Meal, sacrifice and meal offering you have not desired. My ear you have opened. If you read in the, in the Greek, all right, it says a body you have prepared for me, all right. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is within my heart. That's our prayer. See, listen. You have to yield yourself for something. You can't just walk, you know, in a vacuum. How do I say it? Because what happens is Satan will take over. You will think you are, you are living for yourself, but you are actually living for Satan. You won't know. The only thing that immunizes you, that you know, protects you from yielding to the enemy, is to be busy with the Lord. I hope you're getting my point. See, there are three plans in, life, in this life. Let me start with the least important one. Your plan. Number two, the devil taking, charge, you know, taking advantage of your weakness and your inability to execute his own plan. That's another plan. Your own plan will never work. When you want to insist on your own plan, you fall into the devil's plan. But the only way you will escape from the machinations of the enemy is if you are committed to the plan of God. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, let me just say this quickly. I'm sorry I'm keeping you standing. But I hear some nonsense that Christians do. I just say, are you okay? Do you know, in this bit to go abroad you will see a man give his wife to another man in marriage because you want paper. What kind of rubbish is that? You you play with this wife. You joke with marriage. You see pregnant women, I saw that recently, they go and borrow a citizen to stand as the father of the unborn child and on the birth certificate, they will write that this is the father so that the child will not get UK citizenship then the mother will now use that to apply as a mother of a UK citizen. And you don't think God should send you to hellfire. He won't, but don't do it again. The reason why he won't god because we are begging him. Not because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to, but you have made him, you know, you are getting my point. Now, you know what I'm saying of these things. Do you know why people fall for such temptations? Because they are working in, your own plan, in their own plan. You see, let me tell you, there's a way you will know this is my plan. Once you need to do stupid evil like that to execute it, it's not the plan of God. Have any stories of a man can't stand with his wife in public because he has gone to marry another woman because they are looking for American paper? It's a clear sign you have missed God. See, most of them say we heard God before, you didn't hear anything. See, that evil spirit has been pushing you for a long time, it's the one that was speaking to you. You don't know the voice of God again. Listen, people of God, the only way you don't walk into such iniquity is you first commit yourself to the plan of God. Somebody I've like heard stories, find good Christian girl, go and marry one idiot from somewhere. Sorry I use the word idiot. Why? She sees the man coming with American visa, American residency something, or American passport, or UK passport. So now that is life. Everybody say, Father. Father. Say it again, my father. My father. Say it, my father. My father. I delight to do your will. I delight to do your will. Your law is within my heart. Your Lord is within my heart. Say, sacrifice and, offerings you don't desire. sacrifice and offerings you don't desire. A body you have prepared for me. A body you have prepared for me. This body, this body will do, your will. Will do your, will. I commit to your will. I commit to your will. I delight to do your will. I delight to do your say, will. Father. I yield myself to your will. Let your purpose prosper in my let life. Me let me be found where you have proposed. Let me do what you have proposed for me to do. Me do, me to do. Now say this, let me, me let me marry who you have proposed for me to marry. See, that doesn't sound simple, eh? But listen, if you say something like, ah, me I must marry... Uh, this kind of person, just know that you have rejected his word. I hope you are getting my point. Yes, if you say I, I must marry from this area, just know you have rejected his words. Please, I hope you are getting my point. You See, if you dedicate yourself to God, He empowers you to resist these sins. And many of the sins we fall for. You know what starts it? When you, are, when you are going to where they not send you, because you are pursuing the one they say they shouldn't chase. Once you have to tell lies to get a visa, that visa is of the devil. Okay, Anna? Yes, sir. Once you have to lie, one of our brothers, he said he had me, this was years ago. He said he had me. Testify of the first time I went to American Embassy. What I did to the, the visa officer he was the most senior. She was looking at me like this guy is strange. Because they said put money in your account and he didn't come with it and I was very young, the kind of thing that can run away. He you said, your account balance is too low. I said, I'll spend the money there. I told her flat. I said, the money there, I said it's a salary account. He said, there's no money there. I said, I've spent it now. Didn't you hear? You don't know mum, was it? sounds funny, but I almost told her those words. But what I said, I said, they paid it there, I spent it. The balance was incredibly low. So the brother said, when he heard it, ah, he said, next time he's going to America, <laughs> embassy. This is what he's going to do to them. He refused to pack money into his account. He just went there. Wow, I want to go to America. What? This is something I'm going for. So, 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 and so, and so, and so thing. He was single in his early 30s. That is, are you married? He said, no. I've have, have not found a wife. If people have, give me. Now, I'm joking about that, but <laughs> But he told them, you know the, you know the truth? Bam, they gave him the visa. He said thank you. He was—he just fitted the profile of the kind of person he should not give, because why should he Iran come back? But he said because he heard what I said, he just went. There. This was years ago, and told them I want to go to your country. I'm going to be there for only two weeks. This is what I'm going for, and I'm not begging you. Please, all this passy passy corner corner that people are doing because they want to travel, is a sign that God is not the one sending you. God has a purpose for your life. Amen. And that purpose you will walk in it. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Declare, to say, My Father. I delight to do your will. For this purpose, I came to this earth. To do your will. I have no other desire. I have no other plans. Your will I will do. Say it again. 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 Hallelujah. Now, one last prayer point before we go. Quickly, open up your Bibles to Psalm 139. We just read about two verses there. No, let's start from Psalm 25. Remember ignorance. It can be a mitigating argument for some time, but the ignorance in itself can be iniquity. But God expects that we will go beyond the level of not knowing to knowing the truth of God. If you want to know the truth of God, you have to ask him for understanding. Now, let's read 18 verses. I like, I think, I like the fact that we are reading. Beautiful reading. We are reading 1 to 18. It will be quick. 1 to Let's go. To you, O oh Lord, I lift up my soul. O oh my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be ashamed. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. 3. Indeed, none of those who wait for you will be ashamed. Those who deal treacherously without cause will be ashamed. For make, make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Wait. That's a prayer. It's a prayer. Now we are going to read those two verses again. And I'll give you a we'll pause while each person meditates on it. That's what we we'll do in my house. We'll read together. And I'll say 30 seconds to meditate. Then you recite that on your own. To yourself and to the Lord. All right, It's a prayer. Verses 4 and 5. Let's go. Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. 5. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day. Yeah, You have 30 seconds for that. Meditate on it. Now, your mouth must move. You are talking to the Lord. Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Don't let me go astray. Father, in the name of Jesus, guide me in the path of truth. Let your word speak to me. Let your word teach me. Let your spirit open up truth to me. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Lead me in your truth, Lord, and teach me. Because you are the God of my salvation. You are the one I'm waiting for. Whatever be the hindrance in my life, that will not let you come quickly. Lord, teach me the truth that I may walk in it. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Verse 6, continue. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and your loving kindnesses. For they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your loving kindness, remember me. For your goodness sake, O Lord. Now remember that verse 7. Eh? Let me tell you something about some scriptures. You can claim them because Jesus was praying this for you. Do you know that? It's not now you are asking God, though. It's not now. You are just agreeing with what the Lord Jesus has said to the Father. You want to know the truth? He has heard. Amen. This time I'll read it again and then give thanks. Verse 7. Do not remember the sins of my youth or, or my transgressions. According to your loving kindness, remember me. For your goodness' sake, O oh Lord. Now give thanks. You have 37. Give the Lord thanks for that. Say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. You will not remember the sins of my youth. Or my transgressions. According to your loving kindness, you have remembered me. Because you are good. Because you are upright. Because you see the blood of Jesus and it has washed away all my sins. I give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, let's continue reading. Verse 8 Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way, he leads the humble in justice. And it teaches the humble his truth. 10. All the, of the lord and loving kindness and truth to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Verse 12. Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul will abide in prosperity, and his descendants will inherit the land. 14. And he will make them know his covenant. Please, pause for a moment. Now, this is what God is going to do for you. He will instruct you in the way you are supposed to choose. Amen. Say amen if you believe that. Amen. For that reason, your soul will abide in prosperity. Amen. For that reason, your soul will abide in peace. Amen. That word, peace and prosperity, shalom in Hebrew. Amen. All right? They go together. Wherever you are, there you will have peace. Amen. Wherever God has placed you, there you will have prosperity. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, The secret of the Lord is for those who fear Him. Let me tell you, whatever area God has kept you, there's something many people don't know that He will get you to know. Amen. He will cause you to understand. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, He will make them know His covenant. Now, read verse 15. My eyes are continually toward the Lord, for He will pluck my feet out of the net. You know what that means? Trouble will not trap you. Amen. I hope you get my point. Your mistakes will not lead you into trouble. Amen. You know, you can go to the office. People are signed. They just sign, sign, sign. You don't know. Just everybody sign. Next thing, people have been arrested. You say, but you, you joined them to sign. And you're like, sign what? You can't even remember. No, do you get my point? Yes, sir. Oh, people have gone to police detention, EFCC, DSA, whatever it is, because they put their signature to something. They are not aware. Office people are just saying, sign here. You thought you were signing monthly returns. That's what the Bible calls a net. That's what it does what? It calls a net. That's what he calls a net. But my eyes are continually toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. I pray for somebody today. That trap, you won't fall into it. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See, you have done things in error, but you have been forgiven. Amen. People have, tra- have tried to trap you. They, have, they will become trapped. Amen. But you, you will be set free. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Every trap they have set for you, especially because of righteousness. Number one, you have escaped. Those who set the trap, I like this portion, they will fall into it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's read the last few verses quickly. Verses 16 to 18. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and my trouble. And forgive all my sins. Amen. Amen. I said, Amen. Amen. Now, what we have read here, the emphasis here, let me just quickly bring it out. is the fact that God needs to lead you into things you do not know. So that you will not continue to walk in unrighteousness not knowing. Remember, all unrighteousness is what? Is sin. The Lord has opened your eyes. Amen. That which you do not know, he will teach you. Amen. That which you do not know, the Lord will teach you. Amen in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Give the Lord thanks for today. Just give him thanks. Just give, give, him thanks. give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Because he has set you free. That's what of sin is. We are, we, are, we are fighting sin. We are fighting sin. Say bye-bye to iniquity. Bye-bye to unrighteousness. Bye-bye to iniquity. Bye-bye to unrighteousness. Father, we give you praise.